Annyeong! Welcome to I Made a Huge Mistake in Arrested Development Podcast. I am your host, Darren, and with me today I have two guests. From the Kill by Kill podcast, you heard her co-host on the pilot episode of this show, and here she is, and that is Gina Radcliffe. Hello, Gina. Hello. And we have Amber Stewart as well. Hello, Amber. Hey, hermanos. It's, it's, it's kind of annoying that no other season got 22 episodes, because I would... I would love to be covering this show where we only do three seasons, but we get 66 episodes instead of like the 53. <laughs> and I, I feel like the, the loss of kind of four episodes next season and the not getting the back nine for the final season, I think they kind of hurt the, the way that the, the stories were arced out because once you get towards kind of episode 15, 16 of season two, it becomes obvious that they really needed those extra four episodes and that they had other stuff that they wanted to do that they never got a chance to do. Whereas this season feels very complete because you get to the end of the 22 episodes and you feel like all of the stories have been planned out and have been carried out exactly how Mitch Hurwitz wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think that, particularly when you get to the end of season three and those last four episodes, they basically rush through everything so quickly (laughs) that it doesn't, you know, the show is very good at doing quick jokes, but it just doesn't give the stories a proper chance to breathe, which is something that I think this first season has that this, the second and third season have less of. Um, you know, the whole Marta storyline lasted like 12 episodes, and that was really kind of precisely done. Um, and when that finished, they went from that into the Anyong episodes, basically. Anyong appears the episode after Marta disappears. And so all the episodes with Anyong have a different story planned out, these kind of last eight episodes, um, you know, which includes like the two part with with Maggie Liza and, you know, three different episodes that are all about what's going on with Kitty. And so you feel like the writers had a real chance to plan the, the, the back half of the season and kind of do what they wanted to do. And for season two and three, I don't feel that that's completely what they wanted to do like season three in particular feels like there's whole there's like an episode there's a couple of episodes in season three which feel like they wanted to be three or four episodes and they wanted to play like a a, like an arc out and they never got a chance to do that and so obviously i feel like that kind of hurts some of the some of the stuff in season two and three Mm -hmm. but this season feels really so it's kind of almost sad because this shows you how well mitch Hurwitz could execute an entire 22 episode arc and for some sitcoms, 22 episodes is way too many episodes. <laughs> and they kind of have to end up putting in filler after filler after filler, delaying like the main story that they want to cover until they kind of do that in the last couple of episodes. And this doesn't feel like a season with any kind of filler episodes. This feels like a, a season that has been really well executed every single episode. You know, and obviously not just the stuff to do with Marta, but all the stuff around, you know, George Sr. and... Um, you know, Job's whole kind of storyline and uh, like every character feels like they've had kind of equal treatment. Whereas in later seasons, I mean, they turn it into a joke, but they basically neglect maybe for episodes upon end. (laughs) (laughs) Until she gets the job at the studio, basically for the first half of season two, there's very little maybe going on. And this season, there's like three or four episodes without Buster and there's five or six episodes without Tobias, but they cover that well with all the other characters and they you know if Tobias is in an episode well then they give the spotlight to Buster you know if Buster is in an episode well Lindsay and Michael get the spotlight and I think they're they they with the 22 episodes they had a, a good chance to get all that done and then 
you know, they don't. <laughs> it's in the second and third season, it gets cut off, and particularly those final four. The final four episodes I love, but they feel so rushed, and everything happens so quickly, and everything gets wrapped up. You know, the, the actual plot line that starts here about Iraq, when you get to the, the, the penultimate episode and you see it wrapped up, it's almost... Um, almost the worst way that they could do it because it's literally just two people going, oh, you know, here's the wrap-up and then they do it and that's it. And it just feels so anticlimactic to what was such a big part of this season. And obviously from now on, we're not going to see the prison again. We're not going to see, apart from for the uh, the charity episode in season three, um, we're not going to, you know, see the whole no-touching thing, although they will call back to that in other jokes. And so this is kind of the last episode of... The prison stuff, and there's a lot of prison stuff in this episode. <laughs> they really got their they really got their money out of that set one final time by having as many different family members go there as as they possibly can. Uh, I think only Lindsay and Tobias don't get to visit the uh, prison, and, and the kids don't go there. But basically, everyone else was at the prison. Um, you know, and the guard tackling him with the tackling Job with the bees. Is, you know, <laughs> a particularly funny moment from this episode in the prison. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's how I feel about this first season. I don't know if you have either rewatched the first season or if you have particular feelings about the first season, but I feel as we're at the end of it here, this is a good chance to kind of wrap it up and kind of talk about the first season. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. This is probably my favorite one just cause it just it, like in establishing the characters is just so much to unpack about them. And, and yeah, I, I feel like that the characters don't really know themselves too well at first. And, and I get the... <laughs> You know, like, particularly with, with Job, some of the things that he says, it's like, I feel like in his mind, he doesn't even know why he's saying them. It just sort of comes out. <laughs> he has no inner monologue that he kind of consults with before the things that he says. And with, like, Tobias, I sort of read Tobias as almost like he has Asperger's Syndrome. Cause he, <laughs> because he just, like, he, like you said earlier, he just has no self-awareness of how things sound to people he just says these odd asides like in this one with the whole i'm going to go upstairs and run the shower let me know if it's too loud in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) and it's like like one of those things it's like why why would that why is that important you know why why is that something that would even occur to him and it's just you know because a lot of sitcom i'm not a big fan of sitcom writing because a lot of it is very like these characters, they they seem to be aware that they're reading from a script sometimes, and they sound a little too quick with the quips and the smart remarks. And, and here, these are just you know these are people who sound like people who are trying to say something they think sounds intelligent, but when they but when they come out, it just sounds sort of you know garbled and misdirected. And it's like, well, I, I think I know what you were going for there, but you kind of missed the mark a little bit. And that just seems believable to me. I mean, they're a little, they're a little exaggerated, of course, but again, they seem like oddly realistic to me at times too. Like again, especially with 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 Job and his desperate, desperate attempts to sound tough and smart, and and you can tell this is someone who has not gotten a lot of love and encouragement in his life, but <laughs> but but doesn't realize that that's his problem. He he, he hasn't quite gotten that grasp of it yet he doesn't have a lot of self-awareness in that regard i mean he's never he's never even played catch with his father no until <laughs> and, and i think he plays catch and gets shivved <laughs> yeah and, and i think he, he doesn't realize that's what he's missing in his life but you know he's getting there he, he he's 
He's almost there, but not quite. I've rewatched the whole series a couple of times. Um, most recently, right before the fourth season came out, so I could, you know, remember how the characters acted and played together. I was impressed by the way that the first season really comes together in a way a lot of my favorite shows don't manage to do in their first season. I love shows that have callbacks and just sort of very quick quips that are just packed very densely with jokes so that when you rewatch them, you see things you haven't noticed before or things that sometimes they didn't even intend to put in (laughs) come back later in an entirely unexpected way. And Arrested Development just had that really from the get-go. I think of how... I just have to skip like the first season of Parks and Rec entirely <laughs> in order for me to truly love it because the first season's so uneven and weird and it doesn't feel like the characters that you know. But Arrested Development, much like Gina said, it's like you're un- you're discovering who the characters are as they do. As Job said, you know, we we don't know what they don't know. <laughs> and they don't know what they don't know. <laughs> so everyone's sort of finding out together what the the Blue family is really all about. And it's because all their wealth and all the trappings are taken away from them and they have to live in this sudden valley (laughs) and have to deal with the fraught (laughs) nature that comes with that. And it's just, it's really, it's a fascinating show in that respect. You know, we were talking a bit about how the Atkins sort of places it in that time and space. And in other ways, if they just took out the Atkins entirely, this could still be happening right now. It has a little bit of a timeless feel to it. And I enjoy that as well. Yeah, it's hard to say yeah. if this is my favorite season because I just love the stuff that happens later with Rita, which is just so weird. <laughs> just <laughs> so out of nowhere. And just the way characters will come back and they're not who you expect them to be and they don't behave in ways you expect them to behave. So just Arrested Development is very strange and I love it for that. Come back for season two. I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to the discussion of all the episodes of season one. I know I've certainly enjoyed uh, talking to everyone about it. You know, we've still got, I don't know, quite a few episodes to cover, so <laughs> I'm hoping that you'll stay with us for that. Uh, otherwise, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.